the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. The day that the big chill descends upon us here across western Pennsylvania. It's winter. Yeah. But I mean, you have to admit, when you're reading about Chicago, that's harsh. Tell me about Chicago. Holy smokes. It's saying wind chills of 50 below, average temperatures about 15 below. Real temperature. Now, to be honest, over Christmas, I was in Aberdeen, South Dakota. The morning we left, it was 17 below. So I guess it all depends what you're used to. Did 17 below feel cold? (laughs) I was getting gas that morning Mm. at 7 o'clock, and I was standing very close to my car, hoping to get back in as quickly as possible. It becomes so cold, it's almost otherworldly, where there's like this... Yeah, it's like you're, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I remember a year, maybe two years ago, yeah, maybe three years ago, when there was a a cold snap like the one we're about to have, and I remember looking out my window and it looked kind of like an alien planet. Yeah, still and really just deeply <laughs> wide cold. Yeah, and nothing, nothing moving. No. So, boy, I hope that all people who love their animals bring them inside. I have a story that might warm you up. Oh, good. I'll take that. Is it about hot chocolate? I mean, hot chocolate might be offered at some of these places. Okay. The BBC does a food report each year in January where they look forward to places that people could travel around the world that would be perfect if you are already a declared foodie. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. So the BBC is... Yes. It's the BBC Good Foods Top 10 Destinations for Food Lovers. Lovely. Okay. So they do it every year. Okay. And it's cool because it's not just West. It's worldwide. Yes. Okay. So I want to give you some of the picks because I know you're a little bit of a foodie. You like yourself some good food. I do like to eat. Of course you do. Mike, you like yourself some good food. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Right. How'd that fish sandwich go you got yesterday? Eh... Not right. as good as the green tree and fish sandwich. Oh, please. Which is very good. It's really good. Right? It's really sandwich, good. Yeah. Okay. But that's okay. not a foodie fish sandwich. All right. No. So the BBC says, if you're planning the ultimate food getaway in 2019, we've made a list of our top 10 foodie destinations that should be on your list. Okay. Number one, Matera, Italy. Really? It's a cave-studded mountaintop city, which looks about as gorgeous as you think it is. <laughs> okay? Matera, Italy. Matera, Italy. Um, anyway, number two, Amsterdam. Have you been to Amsterdam? I have not. It looks like a a very, I like the whole canal thing with the little homes on the side. Love to be there. Uh, with Eurostar's new direct service, the Dutch capital is just three hours, 40 minutes from London. Of Mm -hmm. course, this is a BBC story. Sure, sure. But it says Amsterdam's food scene is increasingly irresistible. This is where vegan and vegetarian food for one get invented. Nice. All right. Number three, Ljubljana, Slovenia. Which Slovenia. also, if you saw a picture of this place, you'd want to buy a ticket 
today. Nice. Okay. Small but perfectly formed. The so-called Europe in miniature is so much more than that. It talks about it's a little bit of Eastern Europe. It's a little bit of Alpine. It's a little bit of Mediterranean, but very much its own thing, too. Number four, South Aegean, Greece. Nice. Sure. Happy to I do mean, that. Do I mean, do I even need to tell you what no, that's no. like? It's all white. It's plaster. It's gorgeous. Right. It's right on the water where the water's blue and all the food is fresh and it's mm, perfect. Okay, I don't even know. Number five, Yorkshire, UK. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. The first, uh, let's see. It talks about the, the fact that this is the first UK city that's been on the list in years. Yeah, because they're not known, right. the Brits are, for their food. Number six, Corsica, France. With its unique mix of earthy French and Italian food cultures, the mountainous island of Corsica has long been a destination for active foodie travelers who enjoy, like you, John Hall, kicking back in affordable hilltop seafront restaurants (laughs) after a day's hike. Very nice. Let's go. Number seven, Pittsburgh. What? Pittsburgh, PA. Pittsburgh. Holy smokes. We made the list. Pittsburgh. Correct. USA. What the heck? Need an alternative East Coast city break? In April this year, British Airways starts direct flights from Heathrow to Pittsburgh, making this less familiar Pennsylvanian city easier to visit. Mm -hmm. Andy Warhol is Steeltown's best-known local boy, and its post-industrial landscape is littered with vibrant street art. And an artsy vibe defines its burgeoning food scene where cheap rents, by American city standards, have seen all sorts of young chefs pursuing ambitious, creative cuisine catering to the Pittsburgh demographic of young, upwardly mobile urban migrants. Nice. Okay. Very good. Go Pittsburgh. So, that. so the only cities that are below us are that places below us. Number eight is Japan, mm-hmm. which seems like kind of a look. Number nine is Peru, and number 10 is Ethiopia. Nice. Would it be wonderful to have the pocketbook? To go to any of these places. Yes, because I'm sure that's not like, you know, it's a hot dog. Okay, You're going to pay but, some serious right, cash. Okay, but what are the odds that the top 10 foodie... If, can you imagine a decade ago if I said to you, the BBC has picked the top 10 foodie destinations around the world, <laughs> and Pittsburgh yeah. is one of them? Which includes the Pleasure Bar. Yes, right? of course it does. Those long lost places. The Pleasure Bar is still open. Is it really? Yeah. Is it really? What was the other place in Bloomfield, the other Italian restaurant up there? Uh, Lombardozzi's? No, right at the bridge. The uh, Bloomfield Brev's Polish. Bloomfield Bre- Oh, Dell's. Dell's. That was bad. <laughs> right, right. I never liked Dell's. No, no. That's why I closed, yeah. finally, after all of you. I mean, not, I mean, not because I didn't no. like it. <laughs> Kathy said you should close. close. No, it's because yeah. I think a lot of so people is So like is the, the, uh, the crux or the heart of the foodie life in the city located in Lawrenceville? Is that fair to say? I think it might be fair to say. I mean, it, when I think of strips, I think of the Butler Street in Lawrenceville. Mm-hmm. I think of uh, the Cultural District yeah. in downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think of Market Square, which, again, five years ago I wouldn't have been thinking of. Well, oddly enough, Braddock has a, right, a Braddock. restaurant and or two. Right. Um, I'd also probably think of the strip. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you just you do need a little cash, right? Because you're not going to walk in a place and spend twenty bucks. You're going to spend some serious money. You have to spend. Yeah. I mean, even for here, you know, I, I know that we have, as they say, cheap rents in comparison to Chicago, New York, L.A., it's all relative. Dallas, but it's all relative. Sure. And we're still dropping some, you know, kind of serious okay, coin you if you're going into these places. Right. What you need is the the boss to pick up the tab. Right. 
Is That's our boss? Is that what you're? Are you telling me that the boss is picking up? No, I'm that? saying what we do need. I mean, oh. would, would that be so? I thought you, you right. got me all excited, like that was something that was going to yeah. happen. Or maybe we should just start inviting the foodie culture onto the show, and we'll get you know gift cards. Well, all I know is the BBC has named Pittsburgh Excellent. one of the destinations around the world foodie should not miss in go 2019. Pittsburgh. So go out, eat, and tell us all about it. Excellent. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. We're going to regroup. We're going to talk about single beds. And loneliness. Stick around. From Comet Magazine. Does our loneliness come from the fact that we grew up in single beds? So says our next guest. Stay tuned for that. 101.5 WORD. With more fun for your family. Always fun. It's Word FM Family Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. It's really fun. We're taking over the roller rink and bringing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music along for you to skate to. My whole family loves it. My kids love it. Isn't it great? We'll have great prize giveaways, too. Bring your roller skates if you've got them, or rent a pair there. It's fun for your church group, youth organization, or your whole family. The kids love it, and so do we. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone, Neville Island, this Monday from 6.30 till 9. Let's go have fun. Get details and directions at wordfm.com slash skate. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st, so take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare is confusing. They know you've got questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all the options that are available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive medical Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral with lower deductibles and co-pays little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but on quality. So don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Give Marley a call. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496, deadline March 31st. Find them online, marleyfg.com. Have you ever used the excuse the devil made me do it? Well, you may be right. I'm Screwtape, demon extraordinaire, and star of the Screwtape Letters, the wildly popular stage adaptation of the best-selling novel by C.S. Lewis. In it, I teach young Wormwood the art of temptation, a wickedly witty portrait of spiritual warfare and how demons like me influence your everyday life. But don't take my word for it. After all, why should you trust me? The Associated Press calls C.S. Lewis the Screwtape Letters devilishly funny. Lewis's insights still resonate. Christianity Today says it's a profound experience, and the National Review calls it pure genius. See C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. Get your tickets today. The Screwtape Letters, coming to the Bayam Theater in Pittsburgh, Saturday, February 16th. Great deals for groups, too. For tickets, go to fpatheater.com. That's fpatheater.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership but not the word fm discount shopping club no in our club you save as much as half that's right 50 percent on gift certificates and items from local restaurants health services and much more all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and i'll see you at the club thank you lonely I'm Mr. Lonely I have nobody For my own 
It's a truth that more often than not, we are an isolated, lonely culture. And not just here in the United States. In many civilized countries, Japan, Canada, the, the number of people who raise their hand, who live lives of quiet desperation, uh, has increased multiple fold in the last few decades. Why is that? What is it about loneliness that has really created this new epidemic across the world? Well, for the first time with us, Andrea Mosrick is with us. Andrea is program director of Carter's Family, the author of a number of influential pieces, including Private Choices, Public Costs, How Falling Families Cost Us All. But she's got a brand new piece in the summer edition of Comment Magazine. And uh, it's really stark in its despair called Single Beds Were Only Made for One. Social isolation starts in families. Thankfully, it can end there, too. Andrea, welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Andrea, are you Canadian? I I am, yes, Canadian. Well, I was surprised in your story to read that census 2016 marked the first time in Canada that living alone was a larger category than all other family types. Right, and Canada's not alone in that. So the same is true in the United States. Um, So the one-person household, which is seemingly an oxymoron, um, making up a larger percentage of of all households, uh, certainly in Canada, starting in census 2016. So, yeah. So you say that freedom and, and autonomy are good things, but what happens when those are the only things? Well, really what I wanted to look at with this piece was the nature um, of family today and the, the way in which freedom and autonomy, atomization, individuality, all those um, words have crept into our family life. And um, this is not the way family has always worked. Um, marriages today can be uh, isolating um, or, or the way that we approach them can create isolation. Um, so that's what this, uh, this piece and comment was all about, was really looking at that rise of social isolation, which we see all around us, regardless of whether we live in Canada, the States, or somewhere else in the Western world. Um, so that's something we wanted to take a look at and try and figure out um, why the family is like that. Certainly, the family was never meant to be a sort of a libertarian model, um, a choice model, just do whatever you want to do on your own. The family uh, was intended to be a more of a community-building affair, working together, um, creating an, even like a small household economy. Um, so, yeah, these, these ideas of individuality have crept into our family uh, lives uh, to our detriment, I think. Yes. So it wasn't that long ago, Andrea. I mean, I remember growing up in the late 60s and early 70s, I was surrounded by grandparents who, you know, were a block away, multiple cousins, regular family gatherings. But something changed, I think, whether it's in the U.S. or Canada, in the 60s with the rise of um, the pill, perhaps. But uh, clearly, uh, you talk about the many paths uh, to isolation. What was it? Can you sort of pinpoint that moment in culture where we started to splinter apart? 
Well, that's a, that's a great question, and if I could, I might be a wealthier woman. I think, though, there's many, many different factors um, rather than just one point. You raise the birth control pill, which we generally see as being the sort of start of the sexual revolution uh, in its modern form. And that certainly ha- had, a, it's, I think, a huge effect, technological shock on the way that we do family. Obviously, it had an impact on family size. Um, partnering with that, the sexual revolution in general, I think, created, a, a you know, families became something other than what they had been. Um, and uh, our morals or the way in which we formed families changed. Mm-hmm. Um, some scholars will speak of marriage in the past having been a cornerstone of our lives. So we would start into marriage at a young age, right out of school, and build our lives together with our partners. And today, we have marriage more like, um, call it a capstone, from cornerstone to capstone, so just kind of like the icing on the cake after you've already achieved absolutely everything else that you want to achieve in life, then you get married, um, and uh, it's a nice thing to have, but certainly not a need to have. So economics partners into that as well. We can't diminish that. Um, the fact that we are wealthier and we don't necessarily need to rely on a partner or someone else to to thrive and get by, um, that so many different factors have come together. It's, I think it would be it's kind of like the perfect storm in mm-hmm, a way. It's mm-hmm. impossible to say there's only one thing. Right. I remember when I had my first child, and I come from a close family, and a, a family that's not just close in relationship, but close in distance. You know, my parents live just, you know, less than a quarter mile from where I live. Um, but I transitioned from um, being someone who was absolutely career focused. Um, and I was 30 years old before I had a child. And I when I had that baby, I'm telling you, I and it wasn't that I didn't love the baby. It wasn't that I wasn't glad I had a daughter. It was just the fact that I felt, comp- I felt so isolated. I felt like I didn't know myself, and and I yeah, couldn't and-, and I couldn't figure out how to get the how to make myself feel normal because all of the things that I was used to in a daily routine that made myself feel normal were were gone. And likely a lot of your community was right. gone as exactly. well because we do find our communities in the work in the workplace these days. And so, for a young woman who goes off on maternity leave or has a baby, I think that can often feel intensely isolating because suddenly you're away from the one community you had. Um, institutions in general are going down in um, United States and Canada. So, for example, where in the past you might have had um, more church activity or other clubs that people go to. You guys have maybe heard of the book Bowling Alone by Robert Putnam. Yes. So the the um, workplace has become almost the primary place of meeting people, right. socializing. Um, a lot of the other spaces have really diminished. We've moved far away from our families. I don't happen to live close to any of my close family, uh, and that's pretty common. So all these things come together and make it really intensely isolating if you have a child. Um, yeah, so it, I, I can see that. Also, you know, let's talk about the fact that um, we do spend so much time and money on these degrees that bring us into the career world. It's often very hard to not identify oneself with right. one's career rather than 
identity, um, right? And Christian identity. Or that and if you would have asked me before I had the child if I defined myself by my career, I would have said absolutely not. That's an appalling thing. I mean, that's of course an. I define myself by my relationships, but that wasn't how I acted. That was how I thought, mm-hmm. but that that was not my reality. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah, and the shift I think is very hard mm-hmm. and. You'd have to see more people having more children for it to be normalized. I grew up in Toronto, a very huge, uh, large city in Canada. I never saw any families in my, the start of my working time. I didn't see um, any fulfilled or happy women with lots of children hmm. in the workplace. I suspect they were there, but just too busy to be chatting with me. And um, then I moved to a different city where... Uh, there were women in the working world who had four children, five children. One of them had nine children. That's pretty unique, obviously. But it took seeing that for me to see that, oh, you can have a large family. You can also do some work and be fulfilled in all of these things. So we're not seeing that as much because not only are marriage rates declining, um, but also fertility rates are declining across across the globe at this point, I think it's fair to say. Yes. Andrea Mrozik is with us. She wrote a piece in uh, Comet Magazine, Single Beds Were Only Made for One. So, Andrea, have we been sold something, you know, um, uh, sexual freedom, uh, high divorce rates, uh, lack of church participation, you know, that, that thing that we thought was so wonderful, that, that freedom actually has been a poison to to the community, to to the world, actually. Well, we have been sold something, and what we were sold wasn't very good because all of the research um, shows points to the sexual revolution not even winning on on the items it was supposed to be good at. Mm -hmm. So we associate sexual freedom with the sexual revolution, but all the data show that people are having less sex these days than ever before and one scholar in the uk actually jokingly sort of said you know by 2030 no one will be having sex at all so if you want to you know measure the sexual revolution on its own the things it was supposed to be good at it's failing there as well it's very difficult for us to separate ourselves from the culture we live in so you know to speak of uh having a career and spending a lot of time in the workplace and um, then finding it difficult to settle into uh, the massive change that is having children and, and family. That's really not unusual, and I, I think many people would say that resonates with them, that it's a, it's a tough shift to make, even yeah. if you said it wasn't what you thought you wanted to do. Right, and I do think that, and you pointed this out in your piece, that the sexual revolution um, what it promised to women in particular, it didn't deliver. So, you know, I can't speak as a man, but certainly the ideas of focusing on career and not being burdened by children and not being burdened by a marriage or relationship and just being able to have, you know, to have sex with whoever you want whenever you want to do it, it ends up with, um, it ends up in just a, a just, a sterile, lonely place. That's all I can tell you. And you end up with people who are, you know, 50 years old who want to keep working just because they don't want to go home. Mm, Yeah, that's very true. Um, I also heard, this is not, this is far from research, but I overheard two men talking on the bus going to work the other day, and they were both divorced. And uh, one of them was complaining that he had wanted to stay married, but his, his wife didn't want to have a family, and he did, and I just thought, well, you don't hear that very often right. in the media. Um, so the harm to women, I think, in the is is pretty clear, and that's something I relate to as a woman. But 
once in a while you hear about the harm to men as well, um, the lack of family life. And I think, you know, both are equally, equally concerning when we have a lot of older people who don't have anyone around them or any community um, to help them out in their old age. That's, right. Yeah, that's, that's it, so sad. You know. it, it is. And it's hard, though, isn't it? Because I remember when I was home with kids, I mean, I could, all I wanted was time to myself when my kids were little, you know, I was losing my (laughs) mind. Um, And, you know, like I heard a comedian say, you know, I'm six weeks away from starting a fruit stand in Nicaragua. Like I need serious help on dealing with all of the little people who want me all the time. Um, But the other side is not, is not ideal either is just not having anyone and being so committed to education and work that you have forsaken the years that you could have been developing a marriage and family. It's hard, but what I'm saying yeah. is that both sides, both of them are hard. Indeed, and and I would say even for those engaged in, in the intensity of family life, we all have to be deliberate about building up community because it is possible to not manage to create community even as you have a even large family or several children or what have you. Um, it's just that the, the conundrum comes, the family side is clear, or the stats of marriage are going down and delayed marriage and harder to have children then and even losing the choice to have children at all because biology doesn't always work in women's favor. But um, it's a question of deliberate community making, I think, whether you have a family or not. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, the church has always been on the forefront of community, but uh, declining church attendance, those people unable or unwilling to be involved in a church community, it doesn't bode well at all, right? I mean, uh, I think the tragedy is you think about Saturday night and people sitting at home alone watching Netflix, you know, the whole weekend goes by and you haven't engaged with anybody. That's, That's a heck of a life to lead. Yeah, it's funny. I always think of church as such a, a, a gift to everyone. And I would even say, if you're not you know, spiritual or religious, there's still this opportunity to go to a place where people gather. And usually your typical church will have some kind of clubs associated with it, maybe by age or interest or, you know, movie nights. Like, it's a gift sitting there, right, in people's communities. But yeah. we have, you know, become a post-Christian society. So, um, oftentimes people don't want to engage in that. Or a lot of people with small children will say it's too difficult and they can't get out of the house on time or this sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I, I think churches are really, for community building, can be, in their best sense, yes. a gift to, to people in, in the city. Well, Andrea, thanks an awful lot. We we enjoy your work here. Andrea Mrozik, Program Director at Cardis. Single beds were only made for one. And i got to be honest, we cannot recommend Comment Magazine enough. It's a fabulous quarterly Comment Magazine, public theology for the common good. Take a break. Come back. Stick around. We've got a lot more ahead. Just getting started. We're going to talk about Christian women persecution soon. You may have to think hard about this. When was the last time you and your spouse went on a date? How about a date night where you had fun and made memories? 
It's been a while, hasn't it? Well, never fear, because the ultimate date night is near. For more than 20 years, marriage edutainers Jay and Laura LaFoon have been helping couples laugh together, sing together, and even dance cheek-to-cheek together while learning and growing closer together. The ultimate date night is a two-hour marriage experience where Jay and Laura LaFoon help couples reconnect. And whether you've been married one week or 75 years, you'll come away feeling closer to your spouse. In fact, 98% of people who attended the ultimate date night felt it added value to their marriage. Think the other 2% were in the bathroom when we took the survey. Don't miss your Ultimate Date Night coming soon. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-813-1105. 800-813-1105. That's 800-813-1105. How do you celebrate faith, family, and fun? How about on eight wheels? Don't miss the next Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome, Monday, February 4th. Kenny Woods has the audience going in circles every first Monday of the month playing your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could even win a free skate night for your family. Admission is $7. Skate rental just three more. Details at SkateNRD.com. Word FM Skate Nights at Neville Rollerdrome at SkateNRD.com. Indeed. Used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. As we start 2019, we so much appreciate the support of one of our newest clients, Grove City College. So thanks to everyone at GCC. John and I and everyone here at The Ride Home are grateful for your partnership. We'll have flurries this evening, then late tonight and early tomorrow, some more substantial snow showers and a heavier squall bring a fresh coating to an inch and cause slippery travel. Very cold tonight with a low 7. Rest of tomorrow, windy and frigid. Clouds break for some afternoon sun. Temperatures stay in the single digits. Bitterly cold tomorrow night, partly cloudy, low 4 below. Sunshine, but bitterly cold and breezy Thursday, high at near 10. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. You hear stories like this from time to time, and you think, what the heck, that poor person. So, um... Yesterday, the owners of a Manhattan townhouse arrived home, and um, now this is, of course, is Manhattan, and they discovered that uh, their employee, someone who worked for them, had been stuck in the elevator of their home since Friday afternoon. <gasps> what? When was this? Monday. Late Monday morning. Oh, my gosh. That's horrendous. Um, that's a night. Mayor. The woman had not been publicly identified, but the fire department was called. They took her out on a stretcher. 
They said that uh, considering her ordeal, she seemed to be in fairly decent shape. Uh, the owners of the uh, the townhouse, um, Warren and Harriet Stevens, according to public records, the couple spent uh, $8 million on the home uh, five years ago. And, That's considerably uh, more than I've spent on mine. <laughs> you think? <laughs> The elevator was installed in the home before they purchased the house. Uh, Mr. Stevens is a billionaire investor, originally from Arkansas, the chairman and chief executive of the investment firm Stevens, Inc., which is based in Little Rock, Arkansas. His net worth is $2.7 billion. But uh, they have a small staff, and uh, the woman apparently uh, was closing up for the weekend, and uh, there was a malfunction in the elevator. And so she spent the uh, long, lonely, desperate weekend. So there was no fire no f- department link or anything in the elevator. Is or it, her I th- phone. I thought that was mandatory. That you, If you had an elevator, you had to have like an emergency call out. I think there's ways around well, it. Because if, if it's private. Right. So, But you think that you're – I mean, everybody's got a phone now. You think, help yeah, me, but I'm you stuck. Could, yeah, but you could go – you could – Walk upstairs without a phone. I guess. You could leave your phone in the kitchen and walk up to your bedroom. And right. I'm sure that would be the same thing if you're working in a house. You're just going to go up the elevator. You don't need your phone. Could be. <gasps> Wouldn't. Oh. Do you ever get stuck in an elevator? Never. Never a single time. Of course you have. I have. you've done everything. I have got stuck in an elevator. Living in, living in Manhattan. Because everybody's got an elevator in Manhattan. Yeah, I lived in a building that the elevator would shut down on a regular basis. I mean, some people would, you know, you get stuck in there for a few minutes. I was stuck in an elevator with two other people for about two hours. It was not pleasant. You quit to quickly know who your allies are. It'd be a great, cinematically, it'd be a, you know, a horrible, you know, setup, but it'd be a great sort of thing for a movie. Can you think of uh, dramatic or comedic depictions of People being stuck in elevators. Because uh, I, I can think of two. You tell me. Is that there a out in my head. Well, there probably is, but I can't think of one. The first one is on the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay. However many decades ago it was, he and Mary Tyler Moore are stuck on an elevator with Don Rickles. <laughs> She's pregnant <laughs> with their baby, and Don Rickles oh holds God. them up. He has a knife. I remember, he, remember this. Oh, that's funny. Right, that's, right, right. that's very funny. And then the second one is in um, You've Got Mail. Tom Hanks and Parker Posey, oh, yeah. who are dating, they get stuck in an elevator, and by the time they get out, they are no longer dating. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird – it's claustrophobic. You don't know when or if help is going to come. People get a little nutty. Or you get – it's really odd. And, of course, you know, I always think of, like, you know, Bruce Willis and Die Hard taking the top of the elevator off and climbing up through the cables and whatnot. That's the last thing I want to do. You think I'm going to fall to my death? So, oh, like I could even climb up an elevator well, cable. I, I mean, mean there's you know, yeah. People I, think that I I'm, die I, in there. I promise you. Get before me I'd be able here. to climb up an elevator cable. Just get me out. So that poor woman. What's a heck of a weekend? Hope hope her employers gave her a couple of weeks off, just because you know she needed some. time A couple to, of weeks off. Yeah, I hope they recuperate. gave her a pension. <laughs> hey, stick around. Uh, next for Christian women. Persecution looks like rape around the globe. Female followers of the faith suffer sexual violence, forced marriage. That, unfortunately, is next. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. You say, well, I know people who follow the Lord who aren't blessed. This is not the prosperity gospel. Hear me carefully. God is not saying he wants you to be rich. 
God is saying he wants to bless you so you can be the vehicle of blessing to others. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Powerful Principles from Proverbs, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Brr, isn't it chilly? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, snuggling up to a nice, warm bowl of homemade soup. Winter on our farm means my brother Sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows, calves, and heifers out in the elements, milk the 100-cow herd twice a day, and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm, no matter what the weather is. Winter at the Springhouse store means a little slower pace, so it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes, new sides, and new soup recipes like the one I'm enjoying, vegetarian chili. The bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts too, like chocolate cherry cordial. Stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today. Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724 228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Hi, I'm Mike Ditcher. On the field, they called me Iron Mike. But some days, even Iron Mike can feel a little rusty. So I turned to Blue Emu. Blue Emu's non-greasy, deep-penetrating formula gets down deep for big-time comfort. And more importantly, it doesn't leave me smelling like a locker room. Now, do you excuse me? I have some yelling to do. You hit like old men. Blue Emu. It works fast, and you won't stink. At the CMA Foundation, we believe every child should have the access and opportunity to participate in quality music programs. I'm Sarah Evans. Music has always been a huge part of my life. Music education isn't just important if you're going to make it your career. It also helps children develop the abilities that set them up for lifelong success. Music is transformative, and I want to ensure that it is never silenced. Learn more at itstartswithme.org. JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com is the best place to find half-off deals for restaurants, events, and more. Right now, text JPH Radio to 21777 and receive an additional 20% off your first purchase. That's JPH Radio to 21777. Text and data rates may apply. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com We often talk about persecution. Christians are persecuted here in the United States. Well, I think, you know, if you look at the world at all, you know that's a, a complete fabrication. That's a misnomer. Um, Morgan Lee's with us. She wrote a piece in Christianity Today that really describes the true state of persecution, and especially for women. Uh, Morgan Lee, uh, she is part of uh, Christianity Today, where she is the associate digital media producer. She also produces some terrific podcasts. Morgan, welcome to the show. How are you? 
Hi, how's everyone doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you. Morgan, you write that of the 245 million Christians attacked for their faith last year, many are women and girls who are specifically and most frequently targeted through forced marriage, rape, and other forms of sexual violence. Yeah, it's, it's really ugly stuff. And I think that sometimes when we think of persecution, we'll only remember the people who kind of grab the headlines, which there are a few of them. Many of these people are maybe imprisoned. Um, and of course, there's ones that we've seen in the past couple of years who have been beheaded or um, martyred in some way. Um, but there are many people who actually don't die, but, you know, have really intense amounts of trauma that end up happening to them through the ways that you talked about, forced marriage, rape, other forms of sexual violence, um, and, and a lot of things that have to do with even just women's ability to be out in the world and pursue their dreams and their lives. Right. I mean, so how, how does this, you know, here we are, uh, Morgan, and not to minimize that at all, but we're in the hashtag Me Too movement here in the United States. But the rest of the world, especially in third world countries, they are living in completely different times in ways that we can't even imagine. Yeah, so one of the things that if you like kind of look at the reporting over the past couple of years is that sexual violence in particular is often used as an act of warfare. And so it's actually used as a way to kind of communicate a point and to further kind of traumatize a population. Um, so obviously we know that um, sometimes you can pass diseases through acts of sexual violence. Oftentimes, um, you know, women will become pregnant as a result of being gang raped in those areas. And these pregnancies can um, lead to children that are this kind of like constant reminder, right, of what has gone on. In fact, at the beginning of the story, we talk about um, how the Boko Haram have employed this in Nigeria in particular, um, where, where after they've kidnapped women and these women have often been gang raped, um, these women do often have children. And if they do return to their communities, they oftentimes have felt pressure, put pressure on themselves to maybe abandon the children um, that they had as a result of those pregnancies because they see them as being related to their time in the Boko Haram. And also many times the communities that are part of are hesitant to um, kind of be there for these women um, because they see them as being shamed by the people that oppress them. Wow. Now, sadly, this is nothing new. Throughout all of world history, uh, women and girls have been abused, and it's been through mm -hmm. warfare, and it's been through all sorts of other means mm -hmm. as well. But um, the difference today is that we know about it, um, and we mm -hmm. know about it through technology and through the way that information is gathered and sent. Um, so that puts us, or does it, I guess the question is, does it put us in a different position? Because now we know. It's a really great question. I think not to get too much into this idea of information overload, but or even like compassion fatigue, some of these terms that we use to kind of just describe about sometimes the weariness we feel about what's going on in the world. Um, but I, I'm thankful basically for open doors. I, I just wanted to kind of highlight the report that yeah. um, my own reporting was based on. So basically Open Doors is one of these advocacy groups that works on behalf of persecuted Christians. And they do that by, by using data a lot of times. And so at the beginning of the year, they put together something called the World Watch List, and that basically ranks countries in terms of, I, I would say, the, the worst 50 places to be a Christian. And um, the past couple of years, they've actually been putting together reports that specifically look at how persecution differs by gender. And so the report that I was looking at to kind of get a sense of um, what the situation was here was called Gendered Persecution, World Watch List 2018 Analysis and Implications. And 
I'm really thankful for the two researchers, Helene Fisher and Elizabeth Miller, for the work that they did kind of just like breaking down um, what um, what the specific persecution looks like depending on gender, which um, if you read the report and obviously if you read my story, you, you soon realize is not at all the same for men and for women. Hmm. So as part of this, it's cheaper to rape a woman than to waste a bullet. This report that Lynn Hybels is part of in the Congo. I mean, it's so heinous. It's hard for us, I think, you know, and, and thank goodness people like Open Doors. They're, they're on the ground and they're reporting mm-hmm. and they're, they're helping with the victims of this. But really, as mm-hmm. Americans, it's hard for us to wrap our head around this. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do that. But I, I think that part of that logic right there, like we just like sit with that statement that it's cheaper to rape a woman than to waste a bullet. It's a good reminder to us to just think about like how we are treating people who are victims of sexual violence in our own communities and and how challenging and thorny those issues are in our countries where we feel like, you know, by and large, the population is not um, survivors of rape, right? Right. Um, I, I think some of the things that are can be really hard, right, is, you know, you read this article, you're like, wow, I'm really glad this is not the story of my own country, not realizing um, that there are things that, you know, the Western church can, can grow in as well. Um, I wanted to read just one little part from my story um, where we, we talk about what I mentioned earlier about how sometimes these faith communities aren't really welcome to women when they return home. And um, the um, researchers told me this, where they said, unfortunately, it is also common that Christian communities do not distinguish themselves from the surrounding cultures, and as a result, will stigmatize their women and girls who have been victims of violence. Hmm. And um, I do think that there are um, unfortunate ways that we've seen Christian communities, rather than really um, be salt and light in how we respond to this type of stuff, kind of just um, turn inward, become defensive, um, and not really lean and put their arms around these women who have gone through really extreme wow, circumstances. Wow. So talk to us about um, one of this year's Nobel Peace Prize winners, a man by the name of Dennis Mukagwe. Wow. I I just can't get enough about reading yeah, about me this neither. Um, so first of all, um, the Nobel Peace Prize Committee chose to award two people who have done a lot of work um, with victims of sexual violence. And one of them is this doctor who you mentioned. Um, his name is Dennis Bakagli. He is from the Congo. And he is specifically a doctor who has spent his life treating victims of rape. So the Congo is a place that's been really um, just entrenched in war over the past couple of decades. And as we mentioned earlier, um, one of the ways that women experience war is through rape, right? And so there are many women who have um, just had to kind of deal with that particular trauma. Um, and so it was really cool to be able to, like, read the stuff that we were able to spotlight about him um, because he's been so outspoken in his life about how he sees his duty to help these women um, specifically tied to his faith, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's one of those nice. things where he's just like, I can be as loud and outspoken as this is possible because the whole reason I'm doing this and caring for these people is because... I love Jesus. Um, and so the quote that we had him saying in here, which I just cut, wanted to read, in, in this quote, he's talking to a Lutheran assembly, so that's why he ends up saying what he does. So he says, It is up to us, the heirs of Martin Luther, through God's word, to exercise all the macho demons possessing the world so that women who are victims of male barbarity can experience the reign of God in their lives. Oh, my oh, gosh. That. Is gosh. that a what a quote? <laughs> I have to ask you to read that again because it's just epic. There's, there's so much to unpack there. I'll read it slowly so we can all just kind of sit with it. It, it. He says, It is up to us, the heirs of Martin Luther, 
through God's word to exercise all macho demons possessing the world so that the women who are victims of male barbarity can experience the reign of God in their lives. Amen to that. Wow. And, and what I love is, as a believer, he was picked by the Nobel Committee. Uh, whether his Christian faith mm-hmm. played into that because, you know, you think, well, they would not necessarily be friendly towards that, but it's excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to have that trumpeted out across the world, and would we be so brave as all men mm-hmm. to follow along with that, to surrender ourselves to God's Word and do the right thing? Absolutely, and to just be bold in that, right? Um, yeah. Again, I, I, you know, here he is in his 60s, right, and he was awarded this particular prize, but chances are, for the majority of his career, he's been able, he's been having to fight stigmas that exist in his own community, and he's faced pushback, you know, for working with people who are in many ways discarded, right? Yeah. Um, and I just think for, you know, so many times we, like, look at people's story and we, like, are, we find out about them after they're already celebrated, um, not realizing that they've done this work for mm-hmm. years, and probably it's been very, you know, thankless. I mentioned, of course, that I... Um, um, read about this woman named Rebecca Dolly, who is a Nigerian doctor, um, and who has done a lot of that same work, where she's worked with her, you know, with the poor people in the country, the widows in the country, and then her most recent efforts have been um, ones where she's specifically working with women who have been kidnapped um, by the Boko Haram, and then going to their families and advocating for them and saying, "Hey, you know, you need, your daughter has been a victim, and she needs to be taken back." You know, and you need to welcome her back. You know, she's going to their husbands and saying, you need to accept your wife back. Um, and that's really, really brave work. Sure is. Wow. Thank you so much for bringing the story to us, reminding. Uh, it's so easy in our, you know, cultured cocoon to forget. And so, Morgan Lee, thank you for reminding us. Morgan Lee from Christianity Today. For Christian women, persecution looks like rape. has it been since you and your spouse got away for an evening? You know what I mean? A night where you don't have to do the cooking or wash the dishes or tell the waiting staff to go to bed. A night where you don't have to pack Cheerios and where you don't plan to run some errands on the way home. Bottom line, when was the last time you two got to just laugh together? Make room on your calendar for the ultimate date night with Jay and Laura LaFoon. You may ask, what is an ultimate date night? It's the perfect place to laugh and learn to love each other better. It's like no other marriage event you've ever been to because you'll actually enjoy it. Join us. You know you need a good laugh. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, an ultimate evening of marriage edutainment. Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. Question, do you have a health insurance plan you are not happy with? Well, Bethany and Jason thought they were stuck. Their plan just kept getting more expensive, and Bethany's favorite doctor didn't even take that plan anymore. And then some friends at church told them about MediShare. With our previous insurance, we were paying $1,200 a month. With MediShare, we now pay around $600 a month. Yes, they're paying $600 less per month, and that's a pretty typical savings with MediShare. And they actually like MediShare more. I was able to go back to my original doctor that I absolutely loved, and it's just been an absolutely beautiful thing being a part of MediShare. Yeah, so they pay a lot less, and they like it more. No wonder MediShare is growing so fast. Find out more. They're super easy to talk to. All you have to do is call 
844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E. 844-41-BIBLE. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. From SkyPass Entertainment comes the least of these, the Graham Stain story. When speculation mounts that a local missionary is converting locals to Christianity in India, a journalist must choose between his own ambition and the truth. We can't make any mistakes. Hello, we must pray. Based on the incredible true story, the least of these, the Graham Stain story, rated PT-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters February 1st with a special sneak peek Thursday, January 31st. For theaters and tickets, go to the least of these dot movie. Just once, can we figure out what we keep doing wrong? Why we never last for very long? What are we doing wrong? on cassette. James Ingram passed away this afternoon at the age of 66. That's so young. Gosh. James Ingram, he was one of my favorites. Listen, this is one of those songs that for some reason, I I know every iota moment (laughs) of it. You know what that is? That's a Saturday night heartbreak song. It is. You're alone in your apartment and you're playing that you're going, I miss you. I am. I'm the loneliest (laughs) I've ever been. James Ingram. It's fabulous. Oh. He had a good career there he in the 80s, wasn't he? He had a great career. He? Yeah, he was nominated for 12 Grammys. Wow. He won one, I think. Um, just a terrific career. Yeah, it just yeah, makes me sad. That Wait, now, well, what about Yamo Be There? Because I love that song as well. I Mike, forgot about that. You got that, Mike? Oh, you don't have that. Oh, that's a great that's song. That's because he doesn't know how to spell Yamo, Yamo Be, Be there. there. Come on, you don't have that. That's, Can't you find that's that? That's Y-A-H-M-O. You put... There you go. Very 80s. Woo! That's not even an instrument. 80s always had that, didn't it? <laughs> this is so 80s. No, man, I love it. <laughs> Dig it. Uh, He's talking about God here. Is he really? Yeah, listen to it. Right here, the first line. First he does this. <laughs> Hold on, here it is. Oh, that's not it. Now he's still hooing. Hold on. <laughs> Building up to it. Here he is. I never knew that. Oh, yeah. Look at John, like the penetrating insight into 80s pop music. With Jesus in the middle. Here it is. How did I not realize this? song. Great song. 
Nintendo. Yamo Yamo Ah, I wish we had video right now. Yamo That's Michael McDonald. Isn't that beautiful? Yamo be there. Yamo be there. Yeah, Heavenly Father. I love James yeah, Ingram. Uh-huh. Gosh, that's sad. Yeah, it is. From Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So are the Wright brothers. <laughs> they Weren't have... they from Dayton? Oh, sorry. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. come on. My get apologies. out of here. Don't yeah. confuse them. All right, I was just caught up in Yamo yeah, be there. Yeah. He so... also, wait, James was a, was a front man for a, a legendary, I don't know if the band is legendary because I don't know much about this band, yeah. but this is has a legendary name. Revelation Funk. Oh, nice. That is one of the great names I've ever heard for a band. Dig it. All right. Well, we salute in you, James. Early in his career, he sang with Ray Charles. Which is no surprise, oh. considering those pipes. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Ahead of talks on a border security compromise, the House's top Republican says the wording doesn't matter. Build that wall. Build that wall. It was a mainstay of the Trump campaign, but the president's been backing off that word. Barriers, fencing, or walls, or whatever you want to call it. And now House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says the border deal doesn't have to include it either. It could be barrier. It doesn't have to be a wall. Suggesting GOP negotiators could be flexible. Democrats like Hakeem Jeffries are against money for a wall. However, uh, we are willing to support uh, fencing. The bipartisan talks are set to begin tomorrow. Sagar Magani, Washington. A mixed day on Wall Street as the Dow was up by 52 points to 24,579, but the Nasdaq dropped 58, the S&P lower by 4. This is SRN News. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for the fifth annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith on Saturday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Featuring a lecture by professor and author Herbert R. Marbury. The title of Dr. Marbury's lecture is Sacred Texts and Contested Canons, a Biblical Witness in Polarized Times. The lecture is open to the public and admission is free. The fifth annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith, Saturday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Details at pts.edu. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-452-6990. That's 800-452-6990. 800-452-6990. 
or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM discount shopping club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and i'll see you at the club thank you we'll have flurries this evening then late tonight and early tomorrow some more substantial snow showers and a heavier squall bring a fresh coating to an inch and cause slippery travel very cold tonight with the low seven rest of tomorrow windy and frigid clouds break for some afternoon sun Temperature staying in the single digits. Bitterly cold tomorrow night, partly cloudy, low four below. Sunshine, but bitterly cold and breezy Thursday, high at near 10. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. We're beginning the polar vortex, right? It's winter. The day has come upon us. Oh. Don't you just hate this? Don't you hate winter? I like it. I can't believe people settled here. That feels good right now. Uh, look, we're, you're we're, inside exa- in a exactly, soundproof studio. Exactly. Of course, it feels good. Right. I mean, you know, it's look, not going to feel good tomorrow at eight a.m. Look at our ancestors. They were like, you know. In some log cabin somewhere. Horrible. Are you telling me I'm a complainer? (laughs) It's Log Cabin Radio with John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome. Put on your mittens. The call went out over social media this weekend, John. Joseph Walker, an airman who had served from 1964 to 68, had passed away. But the Central Texas State Veterans Cemetery in Colleen, Texas, could find not one family member or one friend to attend his burial. What? What? Wait, wait, say that again. Okay. Joseph Walker was an airman. He served in the Air Force, 64 to 68, passed away. Mm -hmm. But the Central Texas State Veterans Cemetery in Colleen, Texas, could find not one person to attend his burial. That was yesterday. So the cemetery hoped the community might make sure that Walker, who was 72 years old when he died, was not buried alone. Mm -hmm. So if you have the opportunity, please come out to attend. The cemetery said on its Facebook page last Thursday, we do not leave veterans behind. Word spread quickly. And when Walker's funeral began yesterday, an estimated 2,000 complete strangers had shown up to pay their respects to that man that they had never met. Oh, thank God. you got to see the picture. There are cars. They're in line. It goes on for miles. Wonderful. It, the news coverage of his potentially unaccompanied, I'm reading here from the Air Force Times, potentially unaccompanied funeral um, apparently alerted some people in his family, mm. and one of them was able to make it to the service right before it ended. Holy smokes. See, we were talking about social isolation during the 4 o'clock hour. There's one example of that. Yep. How does a guy have no one, no one right. who stands up for him? Right. Right. 
you have to see it's one of those moments and you know I, I always prefer radio over TV just because I think that the medium allows us to engage our minds and our imaginations in a way that TV doesn't TV's too Without easy it just sure. provides too much to us as right? wonderful as it is but listen you have to see the video of the memorial service because nice. it'll make you cry really it's so beautiful can you post that Would yeah you? I'd be happy to Do I'll it. post the video yeah. on, our, on our Facebook yeah page. I will and the the veteran that they were honoring, first off, they'd never known. Um, second of all, their presence was motivated by a sense of camaraderie with mm-hmm. him. So many people who were there were veterans themselves, sure. right? Um, and also just a sense of gratefulness that here's a man who I didn't know who was willing to sacrifice something for me. I mean, it's just beautiful. Joseph Walker was African-American. Um, most of the people I saw at his funeral were white. I mean, there's just there's the only thing I could say that that gave me a, extreme pause watching it is I wish he would have known. That's it. When he was living, that there were that many people who cared for him. Right. Right. Because in death, people will step forward and honor you. But the day to day minutia of life. Oftentimes we're invisible. People are isolated. People are left alone. So don't wait, right? Don't wait. Find somebody like him who's living and needs somebody and yeah, connect. Step into the gap. How worthy it is. Yeah, so thank you to yeah. Let me make sure I get his name right. Thank you to Joseph Walker, airman who served our country 1964 to 1968. Passed away at the age of 72. Hey, stick around. Uh we got a lot more for the 5 o'clock hour. We are so happy that you're with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. 101.5 WORD. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Connie decides to go to a concert without informing her mother. I'm not lying. So Wit tells her the story about a young boy named Jeremy Forsythe. This case is already spread all over town. It is. How a brave young man fought off a violent attacker so he could buy his mother some flowers. No, flower. Oh. On the next adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country? A plan that pays you back every year. So whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial has a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace, and Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and for businesses. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania, plans that will save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call, 724-884-1496, or visit them online, marleyfg.com. I've been married so long, I don't even look when I cross the street anymore. No, please. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we're bringing our ultimate date night to your community. What is an ultimate date night? It's 90 minutes of nonstop laughter, music, and fun. It's a great night for you to reconnect with your spouse. It's a night for all couples to connect through entertainment, all the while learning some biblical truth about marriage. We've been helping couples celebrate the gift of marriage for over 20 years, and we can't wait to bring our community 
comedic look at marriage to your community. So get out of that date night rut. You know, that dinner and a movie over and over again. Or maybe you haven't even been on a date in a long time. Join us at the Ultimate Date Night and get ready to laugh. And get ready to connect. Grab your spouse by the hand and join us at the Ultimate Date Night. Word FM presents the Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. Come on, kids. We're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. You ever part of a congregation and for whatever reason, you know, your, your pastor leaves the church and moves on to a new congregation. So there you are with the pastor nominating committee and there's all this, there's a, like a gap six months, eight months, a year, sometimes longer. And then finally, the PNC, they anoint that new pastor. And then that first Sunday when that new pastor arrives, I mean, it's like super buzz. You're really excited. You can't wait. You know, who's going to be there and what's what's the, what's it going to be like? And and then the pastor comes and, you know, there's a like a honeymoon period. But then sometimes, holy smokes. Yep. Quickly, the wheels fall off, and I remember belonging to a church one time, and the pastor was, you know, speaking about himself, and from the back of the church, somebody, somebody yelled out, "Who is this guy?" And it was like, "Holy shucks!" I mean, it happens, and you know, not to point the finger at bad pastors because there's a large, large majority of really excellent men and women who are doing terrific God's work. Right. But John Kessler's with us, and uh, at his blog, johnkessler.com, he's written a piece that is spot on called, Why Do Churches Put Up With Narcissistic Leaders? John, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. Got to be back with you. Thank you. Yeah, so John, nobody says, hey, I would love to find us an abusive pastor. No, that's right. <laughs> In fact, that's nobody says it about any relationship, and yet somehow... You know, we do find ourselves in those kinds of situations, and it just seems it seems lately that there has been a rash of notable church leaders who have been accused of being uh, le- abusive in their leadership. And you kind of, after a while, you kind of ask yourself, how does how does that happen? No church sets out to find itself in that situation, right? And, and again, and I'm sure no pastor sets out, no. you know, as he, as the, he or she graduate from seminary and go, I'm going to be a jerky pastor. Well, and that's what makes it so both tragic and difficult, is that leaders who are narcissistic and leaders who are abusive do not perceive themselves to be that way. They, you know, they, they're, they're sincere in the way that they're trying to lead, most of them, 
And they do not understand when people accuse them of being narcissistic or abusive in their leadership style. However, any type of relationship that ends up being abusive, there have been a lot of things that have led up to that, a lot of choices that have been made, a lot of things that have been spoken that haven't been addressed, a lot of actions that have been acted that someone should have said something about. Yeah, and, you know, really, I think what you have, is, of course, the church is a family system, and the same dynamics that hold true in a dysfunctional family are the dynamics that hold true in the church. So when you ask the question, why is it that churches stick with abusive leaders, they stick with them for the same reasons that most people remain in abusive relationships. There's there is a kind of reward system that's in place that keeps the equilibrium. In, in counseling, they call it codependency, where you need both parties, the abuser and the abused, and, and tragically, both get something out of the relationship. So, for example, in churches, you know, one of the first things is that these kinds of leaders are very attractive to the church. Mm-hmm. They're dynamic. They seem to promise they hold the promise that they're really going to accomplish great things. And that's why no church goes into it saying, oh, this guy's going to be a, all the wheels are going to come off. This is going to be terrible. They look at the leader and say, this leader's going to be great. You know, this person is going to take us into the promised land. And so they go into it. And then once that leader is there, there is a, a culture that's built that both rewards those who protect uh, dysfunctional dynamics of the leadership and punish those who criticize it. Yeah, and, and then more often than not, I don't know about you, but I, I think that power structure is in place and that you know sort of inner circle is already solidified. And then to speak up or to act out of line, fear enter, enters into the conversation, right? right? So we, we tend to become sort of leery, if not downright afraid of the pastor. And it makes it particularly difficult in the church because these dynamics are spiritualized and those leaders that are protecting uh, the pastor who is being abusive you know they'll they'll turn to scripture they'll turn to practices that they call church discipline to punish those who criticize and again they they're not trying to be uh, uh, dissembling in it they they genuinely feel that people who are critical are opposing God's plan, and for whatever reason, maybe they think they're selfish. So you end up with this culture of silence. That's you know one of the major rules in any dysfunctional system. You cannot talk about the problems. You certainly can't criticize. A culture of silence, a culture of punishment for those who push back against, and a system of rewards for those who remain silent or who are uh, will protect that particular leader. And the bigger the church is, the more difficult it becomes, because, because if there is some kind of success in attracting a, a, a large congregation to these leaders who are often very dynamic, if you take that leader out, the fear is the whole system will collapse. Right. Then. And that does happen, doesn't it? Yes, I think it does. We've we've seen in the past few years a couple, you know, a number of uh, notable leaders who, you know, who had a whole series of churches attached to them, and when they were either either stepped out or were forced out, 
you know, those churches were kind of set loose. And right. That isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, that, that's the thing to bear in mind, that when that kind of discipline is applied in the life of the church by God, uh, uh, the consequences, although painful, are good for the church. You know, God intends it. God intends to, to help the church, not even though it may be uncomfortable, just like discipline in our own personal lives. Right. But, John, whenever that happens, you know, I think if you've been in the church long enough, you've seen it happen at least once, and unfortunately several times for, for some people, many people actually, then there's always those people who leave the church and perhaps never come back because they've got just yeah. such a bad taste in their mouth. I think there's the tragedy. Well, and it's, you know, they're, it's very, it's easy to do because you feel so burned by it, you're, and your feeling is if any place ought to be a safe place for me, it ought to be the church. And so it's really hard for them to come back. Also, people who are in those systems become passive because, there's such a shield of protection around these leaders, they don't feel like there's anything they can do about it. And so that's, you know, what really can you do if you find yourself in a culture like this? I, what I'd say is, first of all, you can pray for it. And I know that sounds overly simplistic and even maybe a little bit trite, but it really isn't. It's one of the most strategic things you can do, because when you're dealing with one of these dysfunctional church systems, change really only comes as a result of divine intervention. Mm. So what you're, when you're praying, you're asking God to work on the inside in this leadership system. You're asking him to create what I would consider to be like a series of cracks in the foundation mm-hmm. so that ultimately that whole structure that's protecting this, this uh, uh, dysfunctional, hurtful behavior will crumble and then I think you have to start to break the rules of codependency. You know, break the any codependent system depends on an equilibrium that is created by allowing people to behave in a way that's uh, not healthy. If you start to break the rules, and, and the most fundamental rule is to break the rule of silence, that is to speak the truth in love. If you break the rules, you introduce a dynamic of disequilibrium that creates change. It creates an environment where change may be able to take place. And then I think sometimes you just have to leave. You know, I think that, uh, that which may be the hardest choice for many people, because their friends are there, their ministry's there. It's the worst. It's, it's really hard to start over in a new church, but sometimes it's, a, it's the safest thing you can do, and it's probably the best thing to do for your own spiritual health. Yeah, that's so hard, though. It's just such a giant decision you're making that's yeah. based on something that you didn't do. Right. Well, that's, you know, I think that's the hardest part. And I think that's why people, when people stop going to church, that's one of the things that causes them to stop because they, they feel hurt by it and they feel helpless. Right. And they're afraid that they don't want to put themselves back in that context. Um, and, and I think the only thing that can really drive a person back is obedience to the Word, the fact that, you know, church is important in the life of the believer, and and uh, we know that there is no perfect church. It's, we're not saying, you know, what you need to do is you need to go out there and you need to find a church that has no problems. That church doesn't exist. But there really are out there some churches, I don't think most churches, but there are some churches out there that are healthy, mm-hmm. and it can hurt you spiritually to be a part of those churches. 
Dr. John Kessler is with us. John's the chair and professor of Division Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. John, you know, uh, I've never never attended seminary. I don't know, you know, what the structures are like, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, the, the learning that has to be done uh, is is over the top intense. And I'm I don't I don't know if there would be such a thing as somehow to you know, like the military, I, I think, is able to sort of weed out, the, you know, the, the wild hair. And I, I wonder if that's possible uh, in, a, in a seminary environment to see people. Does that even happen where, you know, people say, well, you know, maybe this is not the best career choice for you. Or, you know, we see something on a psychological profile or something like that. So before the trouble starts, uh, it's able to end. I think that would only happen in really extreme cases. You know, I mean, you might you might find somebody who is really, really damaged and and dangerous occasionally, and and they'll actually usually sort of self-select. They'll they'll usually melt down and end up having to leave school. It's much more difficult in the training process because you're dealing with mostly you're dealing with people who are in the process of being formed. They're often very young, even even when you get to seminary, you know, we still don't really know everything that these people are going to be. And the truth is that the people that God uses are just ordinary people. It's not like, you know, we're looking for this Superman. Uh, what was what was that, you know, slogan that the Marines, you know, used to have just a few good men. You know, right, we're not right. just looking for a few good people to serve in in the church, We're, we are looking for pretty much ordinary people who make themselves available to God and let God work through them. So I, I really think that, the, you know, and also ultimately uh, we should point out that it is the church's responsibility to evaluate and appoint those who are going to be its leaders. It's really not uh, a parachurch organization's duty. The church really should not give that up right, to right. somebody else. So every everybody who goes into leadership in the church is flawed. And and I would say, frankly, we're all deeply flawed course, as a result right. of sin. And we're in process of being transformed. And, so, and I, I wonder, John, now, you know, with, you know, the boogeyman of social media, it's turned all of yeah. us, you know, uh, into narcissists in some way or another, right? So we're attending the church at a selfie, and that unto itself is a deep sickness. So with, you know, preceding generations, it, it may just get worse and worse that, you know, narcissism has run amok in society, and why would it not find its way into the church? It's not just a social problem, too. It, it is really the central attribute of human sinfulness. It's this self-centeredness, this this way that the reality of sin turns us in on ourselves so that we are mostly interested in ourselves. And the only remedy for that is the work of Christ, the blood of Christ, the forgiveness that comes to us through Christ, and the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. So that it's not just a problem that we need to be concerned about for leaders. It's something that we need to be aware of in our own individual lives. And I think that's the lesson when we watch these extreme examples, we can see things in our own lives yes. that we that resonate with us. We begin to see ourselves in them. Very good. Well, John, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much uh, for your measured tone and your wisdom as you uh, visit us every month. 
happy to do it. Our pleasure. John Kessler, you can find him online. He's got a terrific blog that he updates on a regular basis, John Kessler, K-O-E-S-S-L-E-R. John's also the author of the most recent, The Radical Pursuit of Rest, Escaping the Productivity Trap. Take a break. Come back in a few minutes. We're going to talk about uh, human organ origins and uh, human value. Stick around. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Extreme Current truck in bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle got a new car protect your investment with tst rust remedy the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere and spray on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man call the extreme team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. At the CMA Foundation, we believe every child should have the access and opportunity to participate in quality music programs. I'm Sarah Evans. Music has always been a huge part of my life. Music education isn't just important if you're going to make it your career. It also helps children develop the abilities that set them up for lifelong success. Music is transformative, and I want to ensure that it is never silenced. Learn more at itstartswithme.org. JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com is the best place to find half-off deals for restaurants, events, and more. Right now, text JPH Radio to 21777 and receive an additional 20% off your first purchase. That's JPH Radio to 21777. Text and data rates may apply. We'll have flurries this evening, then late tonight and early tomorrow, some more substantial snow showers and a heavier squall bring a fresh coating to an inch and cause slippery travel. Very cold tonight with a low 7. Rest of tomorrow, windy and frigid. Clouds break for some afternoon sun. Temperatures stay in the single digits. Bitterly cold tomorrow night, partly cloudy, low 4 below. Sunshine, but bitterly cold and breezy Thursday, high near 10. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Okay, so uh, the schools are closing tomorrow. I'm telling you, you are going to be inside with your kids, and I hope you like it. I hope you've got all your snacks and 
toilet paper and bread and you don't have to exit. And maybe you have a fireplace. Oh, that'd be nice. And then maybe you have blankets and thick woolen socks mm-hmm. and soft, naps. soft music and maybe a cap. A cap? Like a like a, a winter's cap. Yeah. It was the night before Christmas mm-hmm. and me and my cap. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe the kids are just driving you nuts. Um, so probably the schools will be closed tomorrow and perhaps Thursday as well. Maybe. Um, I mean, Thursday is going to be cold. I didn't think it was supposed to be as cold, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought we were sort of, you know, this is what the New York Times trumpeting the coldest weather in a generation. Come on. Holy smokes. I mean, it is winter. Okay, so... Um, we uh, saw something, uh, five things to combat winter cabin fever. Oh, all mm-hmm. right. So, okay, uh, everyone's going to be binge watching Netflix or your Amazon Prime. But if if you don't want to do that, when's the last time you played a board game? I like, I a, like board a board game, game but yeah, I haven't played too. a board game in a long time. Yeah, well, um, there's something, a, a wire cutter. I follow a wire cutter on the web. Yeah. They have the best beginner board game for adults guide. For those who are stuck at home or can't uh, go out into the uh, into the world, um, you can also be involved in um, board game mania. What would that, what would be your favorite? Oh, I've got Monopoly in my office. You have Monopoly in your office? Yeah. Why? Yeah. It was because you and Mike play before I get in here. No, it was a um, it was a Christmas you know the Christmas party gift. Yeah. And um, I bought I brought it in for our white uh, what elephant was it? white elephant gift and. It, it went around the room and I got it back again. <laughs> That's sad. That means you brought a bad gift. If no, you no, up. no, no. It was, no, what it meant was I made a play for a really good gift. And the guy who had that had my gift. Oh, that's And sad. so it kind of like, yeah. you know, I grabbed I it and then it got back again. I thought it was a really good gift. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. Monopoly. <laughs> it is still sad. No. no matter how you dress it up. It's, it's in my office. Sad. Anybody want a Monopoly game? I feel good about Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a Trivial Pursuit. Uh, it's long. I like a trivia. I really like a taboo. Taboo would be my favorite taboo. board game. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, how about the game of life? You play that? I haven't played that since I was like 14. Oh, that's not a bad game. How about uh, my son's involved with a bunch of guys in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which is not necessarily a board game, but it's one of those right. epic kind of things that goes on. I mean, they've mm-hmm. been playing the same game literally for like two years. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so board games if you're stuck inside. How about... Um, we didn't talk about the Pop-O-Matic. Oh, well, that's not a board game, but I love me some Pop-O-Matic. Listen, that has a board game. No, it's Trouble. Trouble's yeah, but, not a board game. It, it, but it is. It's Taboo. It is. Taboo, that's my favorite. Okay. That's not a board game, though. Oh. What is it? That's the one where you uh, right. have a card and oh, you can't right, say right. certain words. How about Pit? Did you ever play Pit? I love Pit. Oh, my God. That is a, that is a rough game. That's a, I that love can that really, game. People can really get after each other in Pit. <laughs> really? I like that. How about spoons? I like spoons. Oh yeah, that's fine. I like spoons. Yeah. But listen, the Popomatic's hard to beat. Pop-O-Matic. I, I love trouble. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, boom. the Popomatic has no strategy at all, though. Oh, there's strategy Just to it. A little it. bit. No, no, yeah, no. Wait, you're deciding which one of your guys to move. No, no. I mean, I, I, when we were in college, I regularly played trouble with three other guys. There were some spirited fun games. Um, one time, I think I told you this before. Wait, come on. It's not like Risk or something. No, I mean, it's come not. on. Like, str- but the strategy like, is very boom, limited. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it's like, let's go. One time, one time our Pop-O-Matic broke. We jumped in the car and drove to Toys R Us and bought a brand new one. Oh, oh we were like so committed to For a to whole it. other $6.99. We were happy to have it. Believe me. Okay. Uh, Wirecutter is also uh, recommending, this is, this is in colored pencils. 
so you can sit around and draw in your color your adult coloring books. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you done that? Don't make fun. Oh, sorry. Oh, I've hit a nerve here. New Mike, are you uh, you yourself are an adult colorer? I, yeah, <laughs> I like to color. Okay. But, well, my my wife avidly. She's like, a colorer. She's an avid color Is coloring she? book person. Like, well, you know what? Let me give you a it tip. Distresses her. Let me give you a tip. It does. It if you want to get if you yeah. want to get her a good gift, and I hope Mrs. New Mike is not listening, but if you want to get her a good gift, yeah. you need to buy her really good colored pencils because there I, is an absolute yes. gulf between regular pedestrian there colored is. pencils. Oh. Yeah, when I was in art school, I had my first class. We had to use colored pencils, and I thought, well, colored pencils. This is supposed to be art school. Mm-hmm. There's a I mean, good colored pencils are really? like, yeah, they're like pastels. They're really wonderful. Okay. Now, so I have not used this new wave of uh, adult coloring. So, <laughs> so, I mean, so tell me about it, Mike. I mean, I'm, not, I'm being serious here. I'm not going to you know, mock you, your, your lovely wife. Well, a couple years ago, I asked my wife for Christmas, what do you want for Christmas? Yeah. She said, I would love a sticker book and colored pencils. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, colored pencils? Okay. So I went to um, uh, Michael's. And I'm thinking, all right, this will this will be good. I'm probably Stocking like five stuff. bucks for like fifty colored pencils. Sure. The nice ones, cat that you're talking yeah. about, yeah, yeah, they're expensive. Oh yeah. And I'm like, well, but they're high quality. Expensive. They're so pencils. much better. They're fine, expensive. They're so much better. Oh, oh, I don't know. Like, fifty bucks. Eighty. What? Yeah. Over hundred. Eighty bucks. I know mine cost one hundred and twenty when I was what? at the yeah. Art Institute. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. So I got her. She was pumped. I actually got her a backpack on wheels just for. Colored pencils. That's a good husband. She was so stoked. That's she loved it. You're why good. Do you, why do you, you she need a, a little good. wheelie backpack? Where's she because going? Because you have a lot of stuff. She, what, they're like on a table. No, no, you're taking them with you. So yeah, you yeah. Where? The, you're at she the doctor's office, oh, yeah. or you're at the work, office. or you're on the way. To, you're, you're taking it. What? Oh yeah. So the coloring books themselves, mm-hmm. just a wide variety of subjects. Oh my gosh, they're like infinite. Really? The numbers of them are oh, yeah. really? like you name any TV show, any movie. Any, not any movie, but any movie series. Has a coloring and, book attributed to it? Yes. I would like to get the Starsky and Hutch coloring book. <laughs> you said name any TV show. I'm That's doing a that. good point. Okay. Um, I, I, I get it because I would see what, you know, the sort of relaxation of it all, right? Of yeah. being alone, listening to the radio and coloring a little bit, just thinking about things and, you know, having a little cup of tea. That'd be okay for right. for a nice, you know, sort of winter's day stuck inside. I would do that. How about um, the wire cutter is also uh, recommending smart speakers so that yeah. you can have impromptu dance parties. Oh, I like that. Did you Growing up, did you guys have dance parties? No. Oh, we did. We, oh, yeah. We put on some earth, wind, and fire. Let's go. That's the best thing you could put dance on if around, you're having you know, a dance party. There's no question about room. it. Yeah. Uh, how about baking? Baking while you're stuck inside. Yes. I highly recommend that. Of course, that. that. Plus, it makes your kitchen warm and yeah. you feel good about things. My, my mom made something, which um, I have not had since my mom passed. She used to call it, this is way back, war cake. War cake, mm. which was made, I think. With hardly any sugar. Right. And, you know, maybe, you know, minimal uh, margarine or right. butter it and had, maybe it, an egg. Because everything was, you know, everything was rationed. But I love that. So war cake has no frosting on it, right? No, it was powdered sugar. Okay, got it. It was really a basic sort of hearty. Yeah. I love that cake. I, would, I think it has molasses in it. Maybe so. It was. It, they were trying to use any ingredient that could impart taste that wasn't sugar. I see. As I, believe, as I remember. Well, if I could stay home and make a war cake. Uh, I have a feeling that. if you made war cake now, yeah. you might not like it as much. Why? Just be- because. But as a kid, I loved it. Yeah. 
But that was a long time ago, and you didn't know what to compare it to. And now that you've had, like, donuts in your life, work cake is going to taste like... Spare. Asphalt. Mm, really? Yeah. Grace Hall. I mean, listen, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that the way our palates are now, yeah. I have a feeling war cake is changed. not going to, you know... Fulfill your dreams. Right, I'm buying war bonds and supporting our <laughs> troops by having war cake. All right. Okay, so five cheapest things to do. You can play some board games. You can color. You can have a little dance party. You can bake. Anything else? Well, your daughter's going to be home tomorrow. Yes, she is. Remember we used to bring our kids into work? Yeah. That was always fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until it wasn't. Which is <laughs> why we stopped. Yeah. Take a break. Come back. Uh, oh, Fuzz Rain is with us mm-hmm. from Reasons to Believe. Stick around for that. 101.5 WORD. As a dad, your words have a powerful impact. On the next Focus on the Family, two dads join us to share touching stories about being present and connecting in their children's lives in meaningful ways. Your role as a father is crucial, and these men will inspire you to take courageous steps in your family to make a difference. Next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 830 on 101.5 WORD. Proverbs 17.22 tells us that laughter doeth like good medicine. It's true. Scientists discovered that when a person laughs, their body actually releases endorphins into the bloodstream. These tiny hormones actually increase the body's ability to heal. So here's a question. When was the last time you had a good laugh with your spouse? I mean a really good belly laugh. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we'd like to invite you to our ultimate date night where you'll spend 90 minutes with your spouse laughing like you haven't laughed Since 1996, we've been traveling the country using our unique style of marriage edutainment to seamlessly combine humor and biblical truth. So join us and have a great laugh with your spouse. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. You know when you have about a billion things to do today, and then you realize you're out of whatever it is that you really need, and next day shipping isn't going to cut it because you really need it in like an hour. Yeah. That's when you turn to Office Depot Office Max. Buy what you need online at officedepot.com or on our app and pick it up in store for free in just one hour so you can get back to whatever else is lurking on your to-do list. Now get 20% off office supplies and furniture with coupon. That's 20% off at Office Depot Office Max. Offer expires February 2nd, 2019. How do you celebrate faith, family, and fun? How about on eight wheels? Don't miss the next Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drum, Monday, February 4th. Kenny Woods has the audience going in circles every first Monday of the month playing your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could even win a free skate night for your family. Admission is $7. Skate rental just three more. Details at SkateNRD.com. Word FM Skate Nights at Neville Roller Drone at SkateNRD.com. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? The vast majority of the population is on social media, shopping, We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers 
There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com is the best place to find half-off deals for restaurants, events, and more. Right now, text JPH Radio to 21777 and receive an additional 20% off your first purchase. That's JPH Radio to 21777. Text and data rates may apply. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Fuzz Rain is with us from Reasons to Believe. Fuzz is the vice president of research and apologetics at Reasons to Believe, the author of several books, including Who is Adam? Creating Life in the Lab and The Cells Design and Dinosaur Blood. Fuzz holds a PhD in chemistry with an emphasis in biochemistry from Ohio University. Fuzz, welcome back. How are things? Good, John. Kathy, how are you guys? Real good. We can't complain at all, Fuzz. Happy that you're always with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Fuzz. So tell us about how you see a connection with how we talk about our origins. You know, the conversation goes between, you know, creationism. You know, did, are we created? Are we personally created? Or are we just products of biological evolution? How do you see that affecting how we see each other in the way we, I don't know, treat each other and our cultural transactions? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't think many people give thought to this idea, but what we think about uh, where we come from, our origins, really has wide-ranging consequences. And, you know, from my perspective, that if we believe that human beings are are made in God's image with infinite worth and value, uh, then, of course, that means that, that every human life has value regardless of who they are, where they come from, what they do, and it motivates us to battle evil and injustice in the world. But if we think ultimately that human beings are the product of an evolutionary history, that means that really human beings are no different than any other creature, that we're we're not really special, we're not distinct from any other creature in any real meaningful way, and that ultimately there's no real meaning or purpose to each human life as, as individual lives or uh, to the hu- there's no destiny for the human species whatsoever. And so that particular perspective really devalues human life and, and creates an environment where what we call justice or what we call evil really are moving targets. They're, they're mm-hmm. arbitrary. They're whatever society desires. And so uh, when we see a lot of the evil in the world, many times I think it, it's a manifestation of of an intellectual environment that we've created that ultimately traces back to questions that deal with origin. I love this. This is a really interesting thread. Okay, so, Fuzz, you were in Cambodia, and you saw something that uh, really had an impact on you and this train of thought. Yeah, well, you know, when, when I went with my wife and a small group of people to Cambodia to work with an organization that's kind of boots on the ground battling child sex trafficking, it really reinforced in me this notion that ideas really matter, ideas really have consequences. And many times the evil that we see in the world, again, is an outworking of ideas more so than anything else. And so uh, in Cambodia, child sex trafficking is out there in the open. It's rampant. 
Uh, there are communities in Cambodia that are known as international destinations for child sex tourism. And this is all happening out in the open. And, and it's a horrific evil that's unimaginable, but yet uh, it's tolerated. And the question we kept asking is, how is this possible? And it, it dawned on me that it's possible because of kind of a, 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 a toxic cocktail of ideas that define the Cambodian culture. And, and, and again, I realize that one of the most important things we can do as Christians to battle evil in the world is to battle that evil at the level of ideas. So the level of ideas, does that absolutely man... I mean, so I guess I'm not sure what that means in practical terms. Are you talking about we're going to actually have to have a discussion with each other about how we view origins, or are you just saying we need to use better manners? No, no. I guess what I'm saying, that's a great question, by the way. What I'm saying is that it really is worth our effort uh, basically making a case for the Christian worldview in the public square. Mm, I get it. Uh, yeah, and, and and that it's also in, important for us to realize, I think, the power of the gospel and the idea that human beings have inherent worth and value, right. is, which is a concept that undergirds the gospel, because I, I saw firsthand in Cambodia just the impact that this organization had in battling child sex trafficking through uh, through the sharing of the gospel by planting a church in in the heart of where the worst part of the sex trafficking took place, wow. and by consistently doing outreach and sharing the gospel and, and sharing the message that human life has value and worth because we're all made in God's image, and literally you saw you know these young girls that were rescued that were tra- their lives are transformed in a positive way they had val- self value and self worth they had a hope for the future but the community around th- th- this christian you know outreach was being transformed as well where where the, the the evil was driven away from from certain neighborhoods and and where people you know expressed joy and businesses were being attracted to the neighborhood and life was vibrant and and, and so you saw the power of the gospel to transform the community and so i i guess the point is is that by, by sharing the gospel by by sharing the christian worldview by advocating for the christian worldview we can have a huge impact on evil in the world far more so than we might think. I love this so much. Well, that's fabulous. So just as that that spark of Christ took root in a community in Cambodia known for its uh, heinous practice of child sexual abuse and child trafficking, in some ways is that same model that can also, and I'm sure it has been multiple times, used here in the United States that affects our own culture. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and so... You know, many times people ask me, why do you spend so much time arguing about human evolution? Well, the reason I do that is because, to me, I'm really concerned about the value of human life and the impact that this idea of human evolution actually has on our culture. Because this is not just an idea confined to an academic arena. It's an idea that pervades our culture. And when we start thinking about things like abortion or stem cell research or euthanasia, these are ideas that are are ultimately uh, influenced by our view of human origins and the idea that we're nothing more than the product of an evolutionary history, and therefore we we can define life any way that we want to that's convenient for our culture, that's convenient for our time. 
And, and this creates an environment where we see firsthand evil that happens among us. And so it really is worth arguing about these issues, uh, hopefully in a respectful way, but, but advocating for a Christian worldview and, and defending the, 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 the credibility of this idea that humans bear God's image. So, Fuzz, you're a scientist, trained as a scientist. This idea of child sex trafficking in, in Cambodia and the, the value of uh, human life, I mean, is there a scientific thread there that you can make that argument and how that works? Yeah, well, you know, one of the ideas behind the evolutionary paradigm is that there's nothing really exceptional or special about human beings. And, and in, in Darwin's day, he coined the phrase that we only are different in degree, not kind, from, from other creatures, that we're just glorified apes. But what's exciting to me is that in, in recent years, there's been a, 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 a radical revision that's happening, even among evolutionary biologists, nice. where this notion of human exceptionalism is now emerging as a scientific idea, where people are saying that human beings actually are different in kind, that we are exceptional. Now, evolutionary biologists struggle to explain the exceptional nature of human beings. This is a, a major conundrum in the evolutionary framework, but they're at least acknowledging that human beings are exceptional, and the way that they think of our exceptional nature actually lines up with qualities that we would call uh, the image of God. And so as the case for human exceptionalism is made in, in the scientific arena, that actually is consistent with the, the biblical view of, of human nature. And, and, and to me, that's a great place to begin to, to, to defend this, this notion of the image of God. Fuzz, only a couple minutes left, but where, where's this idea of human exceptionalism coming from in evolutionary biology? Well, scientists that are working in, in comparing our behavior to that of, of the great apes, uh, scientists that are studying the archaeological record, comparing our behavior to that of creatures like Neanderthals, are forced to recognize that there's something different about human beings that really causes us to stand apart. And they've actually defined that in terms of our capacity to represent the world symbolically. We represent the world with symbols and ideas with symbols, and we can manipulate those symbols uh, to create these alternate possibilities. And we express this symbolism in the form of language and music and art. We're the only creatures that do this. And, and we also have this capacity to link our minds together in really complex ways that no other creature can. And so when you think about our, relational, our relationship capacity, we think about this, this advanced cognitive ability that we have, these are qualities that, that I believe are, are manifestations of the image of God and, and reflect, again, something that causes us to stand apart from all other creatures. Uh, and, and so to me, this is really mind-blowing that anthropologists so deeply steeped in the evolutionary framework have no choice but to say we really are different, and, and, and whether we like it or not, humans really are exceptional, but this feeds into the, the Christian worldview. Fuzz, that's fascinating. We always appreciate hearing you bring a very unique perspective to our show. Thanks so much. Hey, before you leave, uh, give us the address for reasons to believe on the web. People want to be in, so inclined to follow through. Yeah, if people want to check out what we do at Reasons to Believe, uh, reasons.org. Very nice. Fuzz Reina from Reasons to Believe. Always a great pleasure. Take a break. Come back. Before our show ends, we've got a smidge more. We're going to talk about uh, relationships and our financial infidelity. 
Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR Professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. I can talk. I can. Here's the thing about money. is It gets confusing sometimes. It's also a, a, a matter of selfishness it's also a matter of organization fear yeah right. it turns into argument mm-hmm. and i'm talking specifically about money in relation to marriage because it can get super so dicey. complex because it, you know when you get married of course you're bringing you know your totally different worldviews into each other and how you were raised and all that money's very complex in a, in a okay, marriage but here's the question and mike i want you to get in on this when you got married did you guys combine your money, yes. or did you keep separate checking accounts? Of course, accounts? we did. No, we yeah, definitely combined. We're together as one. Yeah. Okay. Did you? Yes. Listen, I think it's crazy not to do that. I do too. I just don't think it's marriage. But many couples keep their own money separate, don't they? I, I just I think that that's asking for trouble. And in what way? Relational trouble. I just think it's because I think to me it sort of feels like secrets. Right. Exactly. Well, that funny. You should bring up secrets because this article from the Financial Times. Um, no, it's actually from Yahoo Finance, an article by Kristen Myers. She says that nearly 30 million Americans are hiding a checking, savings, or credit card account from their spouse. <laughs> How do you do that? I guess, you know, what? Do you get the uh, statements mailed to a work? P.O. box or something? You like? could do that. That's a lot of work. You could do that. That I mean, seems like a lot of guilt. It does seem like a lot of guilt. That's a new survey from creditcards.com. Hmm. It means that roughly one in five people currently have a a spouse or a live-in partner that they're withholding. I, I could never do that. Really, really. I'd, I'd feel like I'm cheating on my wife somehow right. financially. Well, okay. that's why they call it financial infidelity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so wait, here's a quick aside. So um, as an actor, occasionally I would, uh, I still get residual checks. But, you know, early on we well, got people, married. Tell people what residuals are. So like, you know, you're in a TV show or a movie or something and, you, you know, you get your pay up front and then months, often years, for me, decades down the line, a check still arrives in the mail because it gets paid on, you know, played on cable or whatever, DVD sales and whatnot. So, I mean, all those years, I would get 300 bucks or 200 bucks. Now, I got two uh, two residual checks yesterday, one for $34 and one for $12. Did you hoard them to yourself and put it in your secret checking account? Well, now, early, early on when we got married, my wife was not hip to residuals, and these checks came in the mail, and I was like, oh, that's my money. And she was like, it's not your money. 
it's our money. And I was like, well, yeah, but can I have that like in my own little special thing? Because like I made that and I'd like to just kind of buy something, you know. Right. And she was like, absolutely not. There's, there's just no way that's going to happen. So every time a residual check comes, she raises an eyebrow. You know, she knows what to look for now. <laughs> you know, but I kind of wanted to have my own little sort of, you know, play stash. Sure. Why not? But you didn't. No, it wasn't allowed. <laughs> of all the respondents, millennials, Mike, were more Hilarious. likely than any other age group to hide financial information from their partner. Uh-oh. Listen, okay? You know what? I'm sick of the news media trying yeah. to say that all millennials are, are terrible or bad, bad. bad. It all started with mayonnaise. Like, uh-huh. It all starts with, no, bad I don't do millennials. that. It did. Millennial. Now, mm-hmm. also, regionally, Americans living in the South and West are more likely to cheat than those living in the Northeast. Really? really? Okay, yeah. good. So we're more honest here. Right. Very nice. Okay. okay. But why do they do it? Why? They do it because they've seen their parents get divorced. Uh, why? Because it's the number oh, one that's reason. interesting. Okay, all right. So the secret stash would save the marriage. That's what some people think. Well, they think, I don't want to go through all that horror. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.